production. Coming up on today's edition of Footy Talk, we talk about the Hall of Fame night last night. Great night for South Australian representatives as well. We talk about Damien Hardwick and his return to coaching sooner rather than later. The Adelaide Crows, just how close they are and whether or not Sam Jacobs is going to win his local footy league medal. That's all coming up on Footy Talk. It is Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Wednesday, June the 28th, footy starts tomorrow night. More editions of Thursday Night Footy, the more of them we love. I'm Jack Heverin, Sam Jacobs, the 200 Gamer, alongside me. Sammy, good to see you. Jack, uh, fantastic to be here, mate. Always uh, always good to come on and talk some footy. Bit to talk about. In fact, a lot to talk yep. about. Some numbers a bit later on that we'll dive into as well. But firstly, um, our own Bernie Vince had a bit of a moment in the sun a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> played a, a cameo of local footy, and he put up some good numbers and all that sort of stuff. But my South Australian spies have been telling me that these are the sort of numbers that you're putting up every week. What's Bernie's had one game and he wants to tell everyone about it. Oh, mate, I ran into him yesterday, actually. Our, our kids go and go to uh, childcare and school in the same sort of area, and he was, he was pumping himself up, <laughs> telling him tell, telling me that he's still got it. But uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm at Flagstaff Hill, and I'm, I'm very fortunate I've jumped on a, a very successful team already. So um, I'm not claiming that I've turned things around because they've always, uh, they're already winning games before I came on board. So uh, things are going pretty well, Flaggies. Well, I've got a, um, we're in different states. So I've got yep. a, let's just say a track watcher, if you want to use that term. <laughs> My track watcher tells me that you are a very good chance to win the league medal. Is that right? Uh, I, I don't play, and I've, I've missed games with injuries and all that sort of stuff. And as you know, those sort of medals you have to you have to play most games to be a chance. But um, I'm going okay, so uh, yeah, I'm putting some performances together, but I just need enough of them. What's the state of play? How many rounds left in the season, and where are you sitting yeah, on the ladder? So we're on top. We're nine and zip, which is good. So we played the uh, the second team last week. Yeah, we're flying. We had <laughs> we played the second team, Ronella. So Michael Dowdy's old boys, old teammate of mine. Uh, we played them, and we had a good win. So we're in a really good spot. Um, we should probably. Feel finish top now at the end of the minor round and then as you know finals you just never know so uh, we're in a good spot and things are going well yeah I'm tipping you for the league medal if there's someone that will take, <laughs> take a bet on that one I'm, I'm happy to put something on it don't forget of course if you're listening on Spotify that you can hit the bell uh, let's start with the Hall of Fame last night Gr- great night it's, it's one of the best on the, best, the calendar yeah. if you're in the room it's just it's an unbelievable night but from a, an SA point of view Sam great representation five South Australian representatives in the Hall of Fame yeah, it was actually. It was, a, it was a really good night. And as you mentioned, I think it is the best night on the calendar. And obviously, it's just a night of celebration and to, you know, obviously seek a lot of and put a lot of praise on, on the champions that we've seen. And um, I guess from my point of view, a lot of my era guys are starting to get inducted now. So it's, <laughs> it makes me feel a bit older. But um, the best thing about these nights is that every one of them are just so worthy. Um, and it's really interesting to hear and hear their different stories. And, and obviously, you know, even... Even uh, Tom Lay from 1920s, yeah. um, back in the day, he's obviously uh, he got inducted last night, and, and we know the champions that you know Nick Rewalt and Jimmy Bartell and Corey Enright and Sam Mitchell and these types are, and and obviously Choco Williams too, which was which was good to see. Choco's speech was awesome. They they were all fantastic. Jimmy Bartell was fighting back tears the yep. whole way through, which sort of sums Jimmy up. He's he's such a gentleman. The other speech I thought was remarkable, and if you're listening to this and you haven't had a chance to, to go and watch the speeches, Michael Aish's speech yep. is a legend of SANFL footy and at Norwood. Obviously, James is now carving out a career as well, but Michael Aish's speech was unbelievable. 
Yeah, I know. There was, uh, I think that was the other part of it. Like last night, there was some fa- fantastic speakers. Like obviously, Jimmy Bartels about his mum and all that sort of mm. stuff, which he's spoken about. Is you know, it's 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 amazing to see such a strong player. Obviously, get emotional on stage, and then Bruce Bruce McAvaney. What Bruce. what more can you say? I can sit here and listen to Bruce <laughs> all day talk footy and and talk sport. So um, he, he's absolutely brilliant, Bruce. And it's nice to hear him uh, get off the fence and name some of his favourites, yeah. which was good. Shout out to our own Nick Revolt as well, who was yeah. inducted last night but couldn't be there. He's obviously living in the States this year, so he'll get his opportunity and his moment in the sun next year. A little bit of news from yesterday that I thought was very, very interesting, Sammy, was the AFL's push for entertainment on grand final day. Now, last year was a huge success. I think finally they landed a, a yeah. big scalp and they could see that the money was worth spending. So this year, have targeted another big fish but going homegrown and starting with Kylie Minogue. Thoughts? No, uh, no bigger name in Australian entertainment. So it should be, should be fantastic. Obviously, Robbie Williams with Delta Goodrum last year as well um, sets a standard. And, and I know in Australia, there's a lot of uh, American sports fans, and we watched the halftime of the NFL, and you just see the spectacle and, and how great you know even Rihanna was last year. But mm. um, Kylie Minogue would be huge, and it'd be be great to have her there. And um, it's good to see it, it becoming bigger and bigger. And you know whether we go to a Twilight game and. Or whatever, the, obviously the night spectacle adds to that, but um, Colin Minogue would be fantastic. Right, so if I let's just play an imaginary game here. I'm going to give you a blank check. You can yep. go and sign whoever you want, and yep. money is not an issue. Ed Sheeran. You didn't even need long to think nah, about that. Ed Sheeran. I'm, I'm, <laughs> he's a blood brother as well, Ed Sheeran, <laughs> but um, I, he's, he's my number one. He's, he's absolutely unreal, and the fact that he can entertain the crowd um, by himself like he does is, is incredible. So um, no bigger name in, in music at the moment it's either. topical today um, because I've spent most of today on Ticket Tech trying to get Taylor Swift tickets. So, uh, oh, absolutely. She's another one. Yeah. I think any time you can bring just a huge name in, a draw card like that, it's you don't even have to be a Taylor Swift Swift fan to um, just to get caught up in the moment and and obviously listen to her. So well, that happened a bit with the Killers, didn't it? You go back a yeah. couple of years ago in the Richmond Grand Ca- Final. Caref- careful, that's the one that they beat us. Oh, so. sorry, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> sure, surely you you were on the beers by that stage. Yeah, but exactly, I don't yeah. think the world were huge. Certainly in Australia, yeah, the Killers had a following. Yeah, but their following grew after that, didn't it? Yeah, they did, and uh, obviously the new band member Jack Rewald out there singing as well. <laughs> but um, no, nah, they they were they were really good, and uh, obviously it's it's good you can associate the the bands with the uh, with the grand final as well. Like you said, the Killers will always be. Um, a part of Richmond's 2017 journey. Unlucky for Frente. Maybe next year they'll get their chance <laughs> at some stage. Hey, um, the other thing out of the Hall of Fame last night that I wanted to ask you about was Choco Williams. Who, his speech was, was fantastic, as yeah. we mentioned. He thinks that the next statue at the MCG, wherever it goes or, and whatever the process, but the next person to go into bronze should be Kevin Sheedy. Obviously, there's a lot of, and they've got a great affinity together as well, um, Choco and Sheeds. But I just think with Sheeds, what what he's done for the game is is he was not only just a great football person, but he was a great marketer as well. Mm. And and what he did to promote, I mean, Anzac Day is his, his big one, and he's obviously had other ideas and all that with you know the country round and yep. and things like that. But for for Anzac Day to be what it is and for it to be as big as big as what it is now. He's had not only the impact on the field as a, as a player and as a coach, but also, you know, in terms of um, promoting the game. And um, he'd be very, very worthy um, of that as well, I would think. I, I can't argue with it, to be honest. Yeah. I had to think about it this morning. I th- tossed around some other names, and that's not being disrespectful to the other names. But nah. e- even with Sheeds, Sammy, for all the stuff that you mentioned, yep. the, the other one there is the Giants. Yeah. 
he made us care about the Giants at the start when really they were a new team coming in, funny colours, a bunch yeah. of kids all playing. But because they had Kevin Sheedy, he actually made us show an interest in the Giants at the start. Yeah, he does. He does. And um, he just, and like you said, he knows, he knows how to push the right buttons of the media and whatnot to be able to draw a reaction and, and make things relevant. Um, and he certainly did that at Essendon in his whole career, didn't he? Mm. Um, he always knew, you know, when to when to be a little bit controversial to get Essendon back into the into the talk. And then he and obviously the Giants, him and Choco up there were were huge for the Giants. And obviously spending a year there myself and and knowing the impact they had, and you know they got the Kevin Sheedy medal and all that sort of stuff. Though they're two two massive names. Little bit of injury news floating around today. Elliot Yo sidelined for a month with a hip issue. We'll talk about the West Coast Eagles very shortly. This, this is an yep. interesting one from a Cats point of view. Paddy Dangerfield and Asava Radagalia. Back for the grand final rematch against Sydney on Friday night. A couple of significant ins for the Cats. Yeah, and and Paddy, I know how Paddy tough how tough Paddy is. Obviously, being a, a former teammate of mine, and Radigley has been been really important for them. Um, obviously, helps free free up Blitzavs to be able to play a bit more ruck time or, or get up around the ball. And the the one thing I'm looking forward to that is I think Sydney will will come out and really respond because they've been you know not embarrassed. It's probably too harsh a word, but. Geelong have really taken it to Sydney the last two games. Yep. We know previously this year they lost by 93 points. And then obviously in the grand final, we know what Geelong did there as well. So on their home deck, I think uh, I think John Longmire will have Sydney up and about. And um, for them to hopefully salvage something and put their name back up near finals, they're, they're going to have to beat the Cats. They're going to have to do it the long way around the mountain. But can the Cats still win the flag in your eyes? You, you never rule them out. <laughs> you never rule them out. Only because they've got... A lot of games in the back half of the year back home in, in GM HBA, and um, I just don't feel they've really got going yet this year. Um, Sean Griggs, one of my close mates, and um, obviously he's a he's an assistant down there as well, and he's a bit the same. You know, you still got Cam Guthrie. No one no mm. one speaks about Cam Guthrie, but he was he was close. You know, to best on ground in the grand final, and he's been a key cog for them for you know quite some time now, and, and he's an important part. So you you know you throw in danger, you throw in Radigalia and. Guthrie and these types, they just got Stanley back. I think Stanley is really important to the way they play. Um, Start to get some of those names back. Um, Jeremy Cameron back in a form and whatever, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, you don't want to play them in finals. Sam Draper not playing this week for the Bombers, probably to miss next week with a hip issue as well. Dane Zorko to miss game number four. I think this will yeah. be in a row. He's fit. Brisbane are being really, really cautious with him, which is interesting. Yeah, they're, they're an interesting stage, Brisbane, because they've obviously got... Um, They've been a really good team, but with these father sons, they've got some really good talent in the door while they've still been right up the top of the ladder. So we've seen Daniel Rich, Jack Gunston, and also Dane Zorko come out of the team, and you see these, you know, Jasper Fletcher and these types come in and um and 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 you know, just putting some energy into the team and they're playing some good footy, the Brisbane Brisbane line. So forty I think they've won forty from their last forty four at the Gabba. It's a so good record, isn't it? They're they're really hard to beat up there and uh, like Chris Fagan said, if, if, they're, if they're 50% away, um, they're going to be a really good spot and they'll be there when the whips are cracking. Tigers won't have Tom Lynch as yet. More scans before he returns and they're being ultra cautious with him as well as you can imagine. Just on the Tigers, we were talking about this before we started recording, yeah. the Damien Hardwick interview with Dylan Buckley on Dylan yep. Friends. Um, I don't know, it feels like he's ready to coach next week. <laughs> It just seems like Dimery's just got he's, he, the lawns are mowed at home. He's cleaned the house and he's just got <laughs> he's got nothing else to do. Um, you can tell he's just a footy person, and, and he speaks about his kids on there. And I know his kids are he in, in his words, you know, they're twenty plus. They've got their own lives, and um, he's got his partner. But I think he's just ready to go and, and get back into it. And 
you know, we're talking about sort of the coaching merry-go-round. You've got Andrew McWalter and, and probably Sean Grigg, one of my mates as well, of this new generation coming through that are going to be around the mark in years. But then, you know, Ken Hinkley's out of contract. Damian Hardwick um, is available. It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, an interesting finish to the year. It's kind of like um, they've divorced Richmond and Dimmer <laughs> and they're ready to start dating again now. So they've downloaded the Tinder app. They're just ready to just to start go, to put the toe in the water. Well, you reckon he could go back to Richmond? No, no. I'm talking. <laughs> they're ready to see other people now. Yeah, the, yeah. The morning yeah. period is over. On a more serious note, though, does it does it put pressure on the industry? So, with Damien Hardwick, a three time premiership coach, being available and from what yeah. we can tell, ready to go again, is it going to make some other clubs just have a closer look? Well, well, I think we saw that last year, didn't we? Went with Ross Lyon um, and Alistair Clarkson both being available. We yep. saw, um, you know, Ross put put pressure on, you know, he was linked to Carlton as well. And then, and then obviously the St. Kilda situation with Brett Ratton and, um, you know, he only signed a deal, you know, as, as recent as he did um, Rats sort of in that early part of the year. And then there was a change there made because Ross, obviously Ross is Ross. So he's got um, an amazing coaching record, but um, you do. If you, and once again, the Port Adelaide situation is one to watch as well. Uh, you know, I would think Ken would re-sign there as, as Port Adelaide absolutely flying. And yeah. Um, but no, when you've got candidates like Damien Hardwick, um, you know, Ken Hinckley out of contract, it does, it does spark some interest. Let's talk about the Crows. Um, you were there on Sunday. I was there for Triple yep. M footy. The, the atmosphere there, well, you, you tell us how it was for you because it's, it felt incredible to be there. Yeah, it did. And it was a really, really good day for us and our, and our group coming across to the MCG and play. We, we know it's been spoken about our away record, but the boys really, Came came to the MCG um, with the hunger to compete with Collingwood, and there's 65,000 there. And I guess there's a lot of expat South Australians in Victoria, so we, we've always had a really good following over there. So you know, we probably had 10,000 ourselves there, and mm. um, the 65,000 probably sounded like 80 or 90,000 when the game was game was hot. And it's just such a it's such an opportunity to play Collingwood at the G. Like for an interstate club, what that does for the players' development and and whatnot is it's just such a good opportunity. And you can see why they're such a destination club, Collingwood, because it's just a great day at the footy. It was fantastic to go over there and watch watch the boys play. They're not far off, are they? Matty Nix has got this yeah. team disciplined, structured. They know their roles. They're, they're not far away from being a really good team. No, nah, Nixie, and this has been a, a two, three, you know, year you work on. Nixie's really since when he came in, in in 2020, he's really, I guess, had a clear picture around how he wants the game to play, be played, and he's he's drilled that into the team. And then you 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 know you top up with guys like Rochelle and Rankin, and these guys have come in, and and it helps Tex and Sloney, especially Tex. You know, he's playing some of the best footy of his career. So um, there is some areas to work on. I think obviously we need to play. You know. That, that better footy for longer. Um, we, we gave up some opportunities early to put some real scoreboard pressure on Collingwood. But um, I think I think Crows, you know, if we can get there and sneak into the finals, I, I, once again, it's probably like Geelong. If, you know, if you're in that 7-8 position, they're probably not teams you want to play because they're both showing that they're really capable. David Zaharakis was on this show last week. Nice debut from Zacher, I thought, as yeah. well. But he spoke about Mason Redmond and where things are at. Now, I think... He's probably one of the the most important free agents going yeah. or available players going into the the trade period. Have you got any little insights that you can give us from a crow's point of view on Mason well, Redmond? Well, I guess what's what's been in the public domain is is there there is the interest in Mason Redmond, and and to be honest, who who wouldn't have interest in him at the moment? He's having a fantastic year, but I guess it's, the crows have really had a bit of a, a priority of of focusing on SA talent. We saw with Jordan Dawson and. Isaac Rankin coming home in recent years, and now Mason Redmond becomes available um, potentially, just you know, contract wise. 
Um, he's a Millicent boy. He's obviously got yeah. connections to Glenelg and all that sort of stuff. So um, it'd be a great addition um, to not only us, but any team. But he's playing some good footy. And I, I just love the way he tacks his footy. So I know Essendon throwing the, the kitchen sink at him to, to get him to stay. So I guess that shows you how much they rate him as well. He looked pretty good coming off halfback for the he Crows, look, I reckon. Especially Adelaide Oval. <laughs> <laughs> One kick straight down the middle. Man. 100%. 100%. This is Footy Talk. It is your daily dose of news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Our stats guru, Ethan Meldrum, is in next to give us everything we need to know. Stay with us. This is Footy Talk. Of course, if you've got a question for us, you can hit us up on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod and on TikTok as well at footytalk pod. Are you on TikTok, Sammy? Uh, I am. I am. So I sit in the media department at the Crows. Yeah. Um, so my boss tells me that I need to have all social media channels so that way we're across everything. So I do. I don't post anything though. I've got it, but I've got no idea what I'm doing on it, to be honest. Is it not the, is it not the most feel-good social media platform though? Yeah, it it's is. It's so good. It's better than Twitter. It's so good. It's better than the, the cesspool that is Twitter. You can hit us up on Twitter if you want as well, but you're more chance of finding us on Instagram or on TikTok. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, by the way, Simon Black, the Brisbane Lions legend, and Liam Flanagan will join us ahead of the Lions playing the Tigers at the Gabba. As we do on a Wednesday, our statistical guru is Ethan Meldrum. Hello, Eth. G'day, Hev. G'day, Sauce. Sign Hello, of the, Eth. Good, good to see you. Sign of the times that we don't actually have like a show Twitter account. It's just at Listener Sport. Yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah, that's where that's where we're progressing as a society. Um, I want to start. We were touch talking about this before the break. Sauce, Tex Walker yep. and his yes. form uh, currently leading the Coleman. I want to look at his last 10 games. He had a little bit of a slow start to the season. Kicked three goals in his first three games. His last 10 games, 40 goals. Of course, there was a bag of 10 in there against West Coast. There's probably an argument that goals against West Coast shouldn't count. They're really really throwing out (laughs) all sorts of measurements at the moment, of course, with Sydney scoring 205 against them. But his accuracy at the moment, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. So in those 10 games, he's kicked 40 goals eight. So champion data have a thing called expected score. We are touching on it a couple of weeks ago where Carlton lost a game they should have won if they kicked straight against Essendon. So basically they award points based on uh, where you kicked from and what sort of pressure you're under. Tex Walker's expected score over the last 10 weeks is 164. His total score is 248. He's plus 84 points on expected score. Second best in the competition behind him. Joe Danaher plus 31. No one ever over the course of a season has recorded plus 84 over the course of an entire year. That's where Tech's going at the moment. He's is absolutely flying. Kicked seven goals from outside 50, 19 goals from outside 40, 11 goals straight from snaps, 13 goals from general play. He's flying at the moment. Yeah, he is. And um, he, he's always been a really efficient goal kicker. And uh, he's just, in a, in a time when... Players are starting to snap around the corner. They're starting to get creative. He's the most pure striker of the ball. And not only Tex, alongside him is Darcy Fogarty as well. They're both mm. beautiful set shots. And you saw against Collingwood last week, they were able to kick those long goals. But the big Texan's getting better with age at the moment. The more kids he has, the more tired he gets, the better better footballer he is. Yeah, so. yeah that's why he's practicing more because he's got more kids. He doesn't want to be at home. He's at training, practicing. Funny, funny story. I did get. I got to the club about 7.30 yesterday morning and he was already there. I said, what are you doing here this road? He goes, just got to get out of the house. So <laughs> shout out to Ellie, his wife. Maybe she's the reason that uh, he's playing such good footy. Doing a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Luke Parker, we were talking about him before we started today, Sam. You're pretty keen on the way he's going about things at the moment? 
Yeah, Ethan, he's, he's had a massive six weeks. Um, obviously, you, you see he's he's the real spiritual leader of Sydney, but um, I've noticed he's been, been playing really good footy. How good has he been? Yeah, his numbers over the last six weeks, particularly, Sammy, are remarkable. So he's only averaging 25 touches per game over that stretch. So there's a lot of midfielders averaging more than him. He's the number one rated player in the competition over wow. those six weeks. So despite 25 touches a game, 16 contested possessions, eight clearances, number one rated stoppage player in the game. He's had 19 score launches as well. Well, that's number one in the competition. That's a stat normally dominated by Ruckman. Yeah. He's number one in the competition for that stat, Luke Parker. So, again, one of those players getting a lot better with age. Yeah, it probably shows you Sydney at the moment. And they've even Errol Gordon's the other one, even though they have had a down season. We know, we know the injury challenges they've had, but some of those players are having fantastic years and they've probably been the mainstays for that season. And, and obviously, you know, we've seen the return of Tom Hickey recently as well. So I'll give give the Ruckman a shout out. I'm sure that's played a part in Luke Parker <laughs> um, pl- having the former years. But um, they're, they're going to be a dangerous team in the way home, Sydney. Um, we look forward to, obviously, Sydney Geelong this round as well. But um, they're, they're a team you probably don't want to come up against Swans in the back half of the year. Righto. While we're on the subject of Ruckman, then, if you're here, we've got, to, get, we've got to shine a light on a Ruckman at least. Uh, Kieran Briggs. Now, I'll put my hand on heart here. It wasn't until a couple of weeks ago that the Frio game at GWS that we, I was commentating, you drill down a bit further and you go, gee, Kieran Briggs is... I think he might be flying under a lot of people's radars. He was definitely flying under mine. Um, are we just starting to scratch the surface with him, Sauce? Yeah, definitely. Because he was he was third in line at the start of the year behind Braden Proust and, and also Matty Flynn. But I think with the spike that since Briggs has come in, you've probably seen a spike with GWS as well. Like Their, their last four to six weeks, GWS, have actually been really good. Mm. Um, obviously, Toby Green's being Toby Green as well, which obviously helps. But... Briggsy's definitely um, contributing to that midfield, and and obviously I was there for had, had a year there. But the, the thing I learned being up there was M- Mummy was always their ruckman, and their midfield really feeds off that big presence, and and that's certainly what Briggsy is. He obviously jumps really well at the centre bounce. He competes really well, um, and then he's able to contribute around the ground. So. He's certainly going to be one to watch as, a, as an up-and-coming ruckman going forward. Yeah, so since he came into the side round 10 source, number one ruck in the competition, wow. according, according to champion data. Gee. 25% ahead of the next best, which is Todd Goldstein, Toby Nane Kervis. So he's flying at the moment. Only 27 hitouts per game, but he leads leads the competition for hardball gets among rucks, leading for clearances, ball use, which is weird, uh, score launches, centre bounce clearances as well. He's yep. absolutely flying. I think you've got to take a little bit of credit for this one. <laughs> yeah, must have been that year I, uh, I taught him. But <laughs> he's certainly in the mo- he's certainly in the mould of that Toby Nankervis. Like he's he's a guy that the players walk taller when when Briggsy's obviously competing like he is. And I, I, I reckon up there they probably wouldn't have uh, I've predicted him to have such a spike like he has. But um, it's great great for him. Obviously, he's a New South Wales product as well, which we love to see up there in in Western Sydney. So hopefully, he can continue on and, and really finish the year strongly. Uh, Ace. We need to let you go because you're a very busy man, um, and that <laughs> might include not sleeping for the next five days with the cricket on as well, which I think there's a few of us like that. Anything yeah. to, to leave us with ahead of this weekend? Uh, no, I actually didn't have anything. I used it. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to just segue him out and just give you a nice little way out. He said, no, I'm done. No, I'm actually, I'm actually really keen for Essendon v Port Adelaide this weekend because we've got Port Adelaide, the number one front half team of the competition versus Essendon, the number one team at getting out of their D50 and scoring by a long way, the Bombers, yep. second v sixth. Mm. Doing that game. I think you're doing that game I'll as well, Hev. I'll be there. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. Should be good fun, I reckon. Saucer, are you a cricket fan? Are you going to stay up all night Love. for the next five days? 
Oh, I've I've got three girls and I've just got a newborn. Um, they're all under five, so I'll take any sleep I can get. So unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I get to watch the first session and a half, and then uh, then that's enough for me. So, um, but yeah, absolutely cricket mad. I feel cricket that mad. pain. It would be a lot of coffee and uh, anything else to, to try and get you going. A lot of Coke or co- Coca Cola, that is, of course, and anything else over the next five days. Might be a good time to finish up, I reckon, before we get ourselves in further trouble. Eth, nicely done by you. We'll see you on the weekend. Well done, Ev. Sauce. Great working with you, mate. Enjoy the weekend and another three votes as well this weekend, I imagine. Uh, no, I've got to work Saturday at the Crows game, so one a game is. Gives the opposition uh, a chance to try and catch up some votes. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for being with us on Footy Talk as well. Tomorrow, Simon Black and Liam Flanagan ahead of the Lions and the Tigers. Have a gap.